Hello, my name is Andrew Denny, and I welcome you to Couture and Construction, a weekly show dedicated to the people and stories behind beautiful places, recorded live in the Textures Nashville showroom inside the Nashville Design Collective. Episode 26, Renovations and Remodels. So we must have passed this home a thousand times over the years. We have just loved it. Perfect location, beautiful yard, but boy, does it need work. Kind of sad that it has not had the love it deserves. Then one day, we see a sign go up in the yard, and what we have thought about as a home may be available. What should we do? What do we need to know to make this our dream home? Well, joining us today is Mitzi Maynard. Mitzi is an accomplished interior designer and the owner of Redo Home and Design, a fabulous Nashville design emporium and interior design collective. Mitzi is also the perfect guest for today as she has just completed her own renovation to create her family's dream home. Welcome, Mitzi. Thanks for joining us. So glad to have you here. We are excited to talk about the world of remodeling and renovation. Thank you, Andrew. I am a big Textures fan, so I'm and an Andrew Denny fan, oh, so I'm you, excited Mitzi. to be here. Thank you, thank you. Make me blush, uh, Mitzi. Before we start, share with us a little bit about you, your family, uh, your professional career background. Um, and just to repeat, I'm a big Mitzi fan. There, you won't meet too many people more kind than Mitzi in this business. So we love her heart and uh, we love her design. So, but share with me a little bit. Who is Mitzi? Yeah. Well, I, um, my family is actually in the furniture industry. So um, when I was five, my dad opened a furniture store and I was going to High Point Market when I was 14. So been in the really? industry for a long wow. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yes. So I studied design, but when my children were small, we lived in Memphis and I freelanced and did some nonprofit work. And when my baby went to kindergarten uh, 14 years ago, I decided to open a little shop in Franklin. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. And you know, I, I laughingly say, if you're a zebra, you're a zebra. I was like, I'm just going to have a little shop. <laughs> and everyone could, that came in was like, well, you, could you? And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And, you know, having teenage kids mm -hmm. expenses, I was like, let's do this. And um, yeah, I kind of was... Meg Ryan and You've Got Mail. I was like, I'm just going to own a little shop. <laughs> and then it just, you know, I'm a dreamer. And um, I met Lori Paranjapay during those early years. And she, her love for design was contagious. And our energy, it was like we filled in each other's blanks. And so that energy just grew and grew. And now to have six designers, I love the aspect of my job where um, – I get to be the oldest in the group and share experiences and working with other people. So I love that part. And then I love helping my clients just dream about their space and their family and how they live and making it beautiful, like uh, beautiful for them. And then I, I don't want to leave out this part of my, I have three kids, Jake <laughs> and Marley and Khaki and, um, 
Kaki grew up coming to work with me, and she's now my assistant. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. It's really fun. You know, we were on a on a business trip, and, um, you know, it was this older, very wealthy man. And I hear in the other room, and my daughter's 24 years old, and he was like, Kaki, what would you do? Like, if you could do anything in this room, what would you do with it? And I asked her that night. I was like, how does it feel? Mm-hmm. Like, when someone that wealthy asked you that question, she was like, I love it, but I can't believe it's happening to me. So it's really fun to share that with her. And then I have a granddaughter. Her name is Nora. And she's three and perfect. So (laughs) that's great. Yeah. And a hubby. He's a psychotherapist and an author. He's just finishing his book. Oh, very Um, cool. So, yeah. Well, I might have to go see him. Yes. (laughs) As we all need that at the end of 2020, for sure. So, uh, that's that's really cool, and your family is great, and uh, it it's really fun being having a family business and seeing other family businesses succeed. I mean, that's what it's all about. So, uh, I'm excited that that you have that gift. I think it's really really a gift, and to be able to keep your your family close, what could be better than that? So today we're talking about renovations and remodels. Uh, share with me. You just completed. Um, your dream home. Give us an overview of the project. Tell us a little bit about what you just did. So um, my husband and I, his office is at Berry Hill. My office is on Sidco Drive. We knew that we wanted to move to Nashville. We've lived in Franklin, raised our kids there. And the first time I went to the Oak Hill area, I was like, this is where I want to live. I mean, like, I remember the house I went to, and I was just like, this is our neighborhood. So my best friend's a real estate agent, and she had just kept her eye out. And this house came on the market. Um, The funny part of the story is that my husband and I are both first born, and we visited this house, and my husband was like, no way. (laughs) We're not doing this. And... um, because I was literally walking through there going, we're going to move this wall and then we'll put the kitchen. Not the, it's not, the kitchen's not staying there. We're moving over there. We're knocking this wall down. We're going to make that the master and then this will be the closet. And he's like, oh my gosh. And it was so funny because I do this for a living, but my husband's not, yeah. like he doesn't yeah. see that uh-uh. side of me. Uh-uh. And I was like, holy smoke, now my husband is my client. Yeah. Like I have to build trust with my husband yeah. Yeah. in a way that, yeah, after 33 years of marriage, I didn't even know I'd have to do, but here we are. <laughs> but yeah, the house really needed love. It had been one family. They um, they bought it from her parents, oh. and they had retired and, and moved um, out of the home a few months earlier, and were living in an assistant living. And um, so one family you know, two generations, and there were stones in the backyard that were from the grandmothers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so really cool history. And I I did feel like a a really cool obligation of, like, I want to carry on. I felt peaceful. When I walked through, I was like, I feel peace in this house. And I really did want to carry on. What a nice thing to feel. Yeah, right? And what you want to be your home, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's really cool. Yes, Hmm. I did. Well, that may be the top line piece of advice so far <laughs> is is be at peace in in the house. Right. Yeah. So so when you're looking at this, let's back up just one step. So we kind of know what the pro, the project consisted of. 
and you knew you wanted to be in a certain neighborhood, had you considered new construction? I love new construction. Like probably 60% of my work is new construction. Um, but I do, I have a sentimental heart about saving a house. Mm -hmm. I, I really like rethinking it. And um, my personal style is classic architecture mm -hmm. with modern, for, more modern furniture okay. and a modern twist. Okay. And modern living in in vintage houses is just I, I just I have a deep passion for that. Mm, mm, so I hear um, you. yeah, I hear you. So you so you knew that you probably wanted to renovate that because of the way you personally are, you wanted some history, you wanted some of the architectural concepts, and then when you walked in this home, you felt a peace and and you knew that this was the right the right fit. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, I had fear about, I had fear about the money, you mm -hmm. know, because mm -hmm. even though I do this for a living, there are unknowns. When yeah, you, you, you when see you, it every day. Yes. Yeah. When you roll back an, a house that was built in 1947, you don't know what <laughs> you're going to get. Yeah. You don't and know so there's the fear of that. And we had a certain amount that we wanted to spend and we didn't want to go over that mm -hmm. to like with the comps in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. So um, those are all factors. And I was thinking when you said peace, you know, I am a designer and I saw that house, mm -hmm. but my husband was horrified. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he, you had he peace. could, I had peace, <laughs> but he could not see where he we were. He had fear thinking. and anxiety. He was looking at his psychoanalyst books and thinking, <laughs> Uh, what no. is what is this yes. I'm feeling? Right. And he was scared about how much it would cost, too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you guys did elect to move forward. Right. And um, you mentioned this house in 1947, so a lot of considerations. What, uh, what kind of team did you put together? So, to help you understand this and kind of bring me back to the start of the process to okay. understand and help us understand what decisions had to be made uh, to see if this would be feasible, to see if it would be feasible in the budget that you guys had and, and with the research and with the vision you had for it. Share mm -hmm. with me who you had to bring together to understand those things. So, that is definitely the client and the designer. Mm -hmm which happened to be one person in this yeah, project. Yeah. But I, um, you, you really have to know where you want to take it. Okay. Because, you know, the laundry was in the basement. Mm. There was a tiny, like when I say a tiny master bath, y'all just, you can't even imagine. Like that. a powder. <laughs> yes, with a tub over in the corner. Um, and so I, I knew just with my investment hat on, I wanted this house to be turnkey. Mm -hmm. So I wanted us to do it the perfectly for us, but mm -hmm. also be ready to sell if mm -hmm. we wanted to sell it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think that's wise to wear those two hats, mm -hmm. but I, I decided what we could do from a, um, just a layout plan of the house, and then I called the builder. So I think, like, if you're not the designer, mm -hmm. I think that would be the time you hire the designer okay. and come in and say, you know, this is how, how we live. We need a mudroom. Mm -hmm. You know, we have two small children. We we're, want... we're not going to the basement to do laundry. 
correct, uh, which is pretty much 100% of the people. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, so we um, – There's I some think 20-something-year-old bachelors that would never, ever think about that. Right. Okay. <laughs> Duly noted. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so that is the time to call the designer just before you even get a bid. Okay. And, you know, and then there's the things like, am I putting marble in this house? Mm. Or am I, like, and one of the things I say to my clients is, you know, if you guys want to spend Mm 250,000, one of the things that I bring to the table along with, like, the configuration of the house to match your style and the way you live is also, um, um, how do we have the most impact? Like, where do we spend the money? Mm-hmm. Do we spend it on lighting? Do we spend it on the kitchen? You know, a ton of cabinets. Like, where if we're we're going to stay in this budget, mm-hmm. then how do we something do that? has to give? Something has so to give. Gonna You're going to be out. picking and choosing. So I'm really going to help you pick the largest impact. Okay, very so you cool. feel good about your money. And you brought up an interesting point there about the layout. So the layout gave a foundation to be able to then maybe bring in a builder and say, this is where we want to go. Right. You guys can see where it is. Right. So so that brings up an interesting question. You needed a general contractor to do this. What part of the planning process were they? Um, and uh, how did you get them involved? And kind of walk me through the steps of – of what that looked like. Um, so I had drawings um, of exactly what I wanted to be in the builder's mm-hmm. bid. Mm-hmm. In my particular situation, I had to find a builder that was willing to let me bring in a lot of my own trade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I had relationships yeah. with people like you mm-hmm. and, you know, um, you know, the cabinet guy, I didn't want to use my builder's cabinet mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to build, work with the guy, guy. yes, no. that I work with. And so that was something that in the interview process, I knew that I wanted that. You know, of course, I'm getting the lights from my mm-hmm, shop and mm-hmm. all those things. So um, I was very specific about what I wanted them to bid when they did the bid. And I think that's important to know. And that I would assume whether this was your house or a potential client's house, it would be kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, the designer's providing these finishes, so to speak. Right. You're going to provide the building and the the tradesmen to do the framing and the, <coughs> the mechanicals and the plumbing and stuff like that. So this is the the path. And the designer was really able to help you determine what that looked like. So you could get specific uh, information. I'm assuming had this not been the the case where it was just you as as the designer and the client you would have acted in a capacity to get the bids on the flooring and get the bids on the cabinets then you would have married those two mm-hmm. to understand what it is right okay so are there tips you can offer on selecting a general contractor for a reno or a remodel yeah um you know i think that someone who's interested in the details from mm-hmm. the beginning if you have a contractor that's super positive, they're really fast in giving you a bid, and they don't ask you a lot of detailed questions, a lot of times what you're getting is a very, very general bid. And what I see is that my clients end up very stressed and very um, 
and and even even when money's not an object on my really high end projects, you know, people are very conscientious about how they spend their money. Sure. And they're already There's always a budget. That's right. And they're already <clears throat> busy. Mm-hmm. Like their life is full. Mm-hmm. And so um, that clarity. So one of the things that I tell my clients when I first meet with them is slow down. Mm. Like. If we start in six weeks or we start in eight weeks or we start in 12 weeks, what if this house that you want to live in, and I ask them, are you going to sell this in two years or is this your forever home? Mm -hmm. Because that affects the design. Mm -hmm. That affects the finishes. If this is your forever home, then I can help you say, let's do that in phase two. You know, and what's important to do in this very first part. So when you're meeting with the contractor, like, is he is he mirroring back to you your energy? Mm-hmm. If you're like, I want to really do this well at the beginning. I've hired a designer. I have a really great plan. I want to stay on budget. I recognize the fact that we may pull the upstairs floor back mm-hmm. and it may be rotten. Mm-hmm. I have not done that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've put money in my budget for that. Mm-hmm. But I I really want to... I really, I want him to match my energy mm-hmm. and feel like I'm being heard mm-hmm. on the first day, not being sold. I really think that one of the comments you just made, well, all of it was really good, but if you get it quick and it's fast and it's not detailed, there's not a big investment there. Mm-hmm. Especially right now, people are are so hungry to get things off their desk. Mm-hmm. And they think that the satisfaction of just getting the bid out will will stop a little bit of the pressure, which it does. But you have to look for integrity in the bidding process. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and what that really means is a thoroughness. Is there an investment? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they working for it? So mm-hmm. I really think that is a fantastic tip is mm-hmm. look for those questions. You probably... There's no way you can cover everything mm-hmm. in that one meeting with no follow-up. No. Um, yeah. You know, I shouldn't say no way, but 99% of the time, it really will require some digging and some follow-up questions and, hey, I've marked up this drawing, uh, you know, would this work for you? So that's really, really great advice. So, so you ended up hiring a builder. What was the key differentiator did they meet your criteria? Is that is that how you landed mm-hmm. on that? Um, I was um, I had worked with this builder before, and I felt like that he had a large, a little bit larger organization, mm. and he would go a little bit quicker. Uh, my husband and I had decided to rent three rooms from my daughter because mm. it was great for mm-hmm. them to mm-hmm. have a little bit of extra money, and they had the whole second floor. But I also knew that we would be ready to get finished. Like this was something we wanted to be timeline sensitive. So I think there are companies that are attention to details. They go a little bit slower. I needed someone that would kind of turn the product. Um, and especially for me. since you were doing the finishes, yes. you would have control over that. Yes. So you needed kind of the mm-hmm. the. The nuts and bolts, so to mm-hmm. speak, done, so you could put in the pretty shiny stuff and and be ready for that. Right. So yes. let's t- let's talk a little bit about timeline. So, at this point, 
what uh, kind of give me an idea. Uh, you bought the house. You drew the plans. You interviewed builders. Let's call that month one, or are we already in month two from mm-hmm. the time you built the house? Yep. I mean, I definitely or month three. Or, yeah, I probably sped the practice up, the the, the process up, um, pretty quickly because I was me. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, d- it didn't take time for me to figure out what the client wanted mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was me. What a luxury. But- <laughs> Um, but I, um, I, it was a month. We closed on the house January 1st and they demoed a a little March one. Okay. So you're, you're in two full months. You're in month three. So what was the expected length? When did you think you would get into it at that point? He said the end of July, and I laughingly said I would love to have a 4th of July party. Wouldn't we all have loved to have had a 4th of July (laughs) party in 2020? That seemed so possible in February (laughs) when I was doing that bid. But, um, yeah, and I laughingly said that, and we moved in September 20th. Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, quite a bit, 33% longer. Mm-hmm. 33% longer. Would you consider that in your history? Is that normal? Um, do you feel like that's probably to be expected? Yeah. Um, whew, I, I want to honor, I work with some great builders and I know that like managing the end of a project is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so you know, they would like to criticize me and say, hey, Mitzi changed her mind three Mm -hmm, times. mm -hmm. So, you know, um, but I would say that July 15th, I I was blown away. Mm -hmm. My mind was like they had, I felt great about everything. Mm -hmm. From July 15th to September 15th, when they were doing the, the painter would come back and he was saying, I'm going to be finished. And then Mm -hmm. he had, you know, he didn't get finished. Mm -hmm. And you know, the plumber wouldn't show up and those kind of things that really grated on my nerves. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I dropped into even more empathy for my clients Mm -hmm. because it was like, I was so close. Like you can feel it. Right. And my beautiful wood floors from textures was down. And I was like, I bought 1 million drop cloths and I was running over there and I was checking my floors every night after work. (laughs) And, um, so that is like, you know, you're ready to move. You're, ain't, I wanted to cook in my kitchen so yeah, bad yeah. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that that just like that excitement. I was not anxious. I was calm until like the end of July. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the, you know that was the date that yeah. he projected. Yeah. So my body was probably like, we're good. And so then it's dur- like, during that time, and again, this isn't about any sort of piling on any yeah, builders. Yeah, yeah. Things happen. Yeah. Yes. But during that time, was there, were you still thinking it was going to be the end of July because that's what had been communicated? Mm-hmm. And then was it, oh, well, maybe it'll be the first week of August and then yeah. the second week. And yeah. so that would get frustrating. So, yes. so people probably need to prepare that those kinds of things can happen. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. My biggest advice that I'm taking from this is not everybody has a daughter they can move in with. You better make sure you have a flexible lease <laughs> or right. or a backup plan for where you're going to need to be, you know, putting your That's head right. down on a pillow. That's right. Night. I'm renovating a house in, with a client in um, Williamson County right now. 
and um, their builder got them in on the date. And I was so impressed. I mean, he was like within $1,000 of his projected budget, and he got them in on the day they said they were moving in. So who is this Superman? <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that was that was Carvine. Oh uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They killed Very it. Cool. Very they cool. killed it. And Daryl was such a delight to work with. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think that um reputation is like, but I, I do think that that is rare, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is rare. And I mean, even under, so a few episodes ago, we had uh, Botsko Builders on and they made mention of uh, how they determine their timeline and they're really sticklers about their timeline, but they stipulate that the clock starts and they do new construction, mm-hmm. but the clock starts once the foundation is done. Right. And, and I'm like, oh, that. That actually gives them some control. So if they hit rock or whatever, and they're like, we hit our timelines. And, like, everybody's invested in those timelines. And yeah, and if there's a change, it's, you know, there's reasons for it. But I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I guess with a renovation, that's probably more difficult because you could maybe say, well, once demo is complete, we'll have a better idea if we have to revise the scope or something like that. And then we can talk about timeline. Right. Uh, so that's very, very interesting. So um, your house had an amazing transformation. Um, you're an interior designer. You do incredible, incredible work. But you walked into something that doesn't at all resemble today what it looked like, well, 12 months ago. Right. How did the vision form? Um, so I would say first and foremost, the bones of the house was my favorite um, design. Mm. Like it was classic architecture. There's a great arch mm. from the entry mm-hmm. to the what is now my sitting room. Um, and it had the potential for me to bring my favorite style to it. Mm. And... Um, you know, I pride myself on, I really love to dig deep personally into a client's style and really reflect them in their home. Like when clients say, what's your favorite style? I'm like, your favorite style. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely things I would say no to and that I I don't feel qualified to really execute. But there's a range where I can really go from pretty modern to, um, you know, a more of a farmhouse kind of cozier feel. But, um, and so I have a pretty big range because I'm so focused on my client. But this house was my style. So that helped. Um, yeah. I absolutely love it. So the arch got you. The, the, ar- <laughs> the arch the arch got the you. The arch and the fireplaces that they were still original. The marble that was around the fireplace. The stone. There's like the whole basement is like this beautiful stone. So the base oh, of the house is really beautiful stone. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And I love how it's kind of built into the hill. So you have a lot of exposed stone. It's really mm-hmm. a pretty foundation. So that brings up kind of an interesting segue. So it was your vision. You you saw the arch and loved it. <laughs> yes. Um, but what advice do you have for our listeners 
in regards to how they navigate the vision or this process with their partners. So you, you shared that 33 years of marriage, (laughs) you had to really learn some things. So share with us a little bit about, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of mm-hmm. navigating this with your with your significant other. Yeah. I would say, like, do your homework. Like, if you know that you're going to buy a house, you know, um, that, you know, I was sharing things. I do know my husband really well and, um, and, and what his style is, you know, but... It's one of those things, if I shift from my gifting to another area of my life, like money or accounting, mm-hmm. like I have to go to an expert mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. have to say, hey, accountant, I know you love this. I need you to help me love this because <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm really going to lean in on their time. They're like, hey, Mitzi, you know, what are your dreams? What are your goals? Where do you want to be in 10 years? You know, what do you want your business to do? And they're asking me all these questions and making these like accounts for me and doing all this amazing thing that someone with an accounting brain. Well, it's kind of the same when you hire a designer. I'm going to say, you know, what do y'all like to do at night? Well, you know, he listens to a podcast and I read a book and I'm like, well, you know, we're going to have a good speaker (laughs) system and we're going to, you know, have a lamp by the table. So I mean, by the sofa, so you can read and whatever, whatever your family does. I'm asking those super personal questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you cook, you know, do y'all cook together? How many people cook in your kitchen? Mm -hmm. Our whole family cooks, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to ask all of those questions and then design the space for how you live. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, I really do think Brian was like, he was ready to move. And he also, you know, he was excited about, he's a a writer. So his space is super important to him. He wanted a, like, a cool space. And it really turned out to be like this really, it it looks like a space designed for a writer. It does, (laughs) yes. I wanted to give him that. And I wanted to, um, and I wanted it to be a really cool place for my kids to come home to. Mm-hmm. And so we built a huge deck and it's really, the sunsets are beautiful and it's a great place to hang out. So did it ever add any stress between just like managing, you know, living outside of a home? Uh, you guys are in a temporary house, you know, uh, financial issues of course i mean we all had additional stress this year with the pandemic mm-hmm. um but was there you know i've heard horror stories i've heard great stories but was it did it add an element that maybe surprised you walking through it first person yeah i mean i think it just is and i even andrew i talked to you about you and your family renovating a home mm-hmm. I think one of the things is when your life is already full, mm-hmm. thinking about where am I making space, a lot of families, it's their biggest purchase mm-hmm. together as a couple is their real estate, their totally, home. Totally, totally. And so, um, like, making sure that you're making time in your week, you probably need to drop something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in book club, what can you get rid of? What can you get rid of for a few months so you can really give yourself to it? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it felt a lot like planning a wedding for my daughters Mm. or, you know, it's just it's consuming. 
it's a consuming thing. So give yourself, like, look at your calendar. When am I really going to give myself time yeah. to think about? Saturday mornings, we're going to cover this. Yeah. Over we're going to drive like, around yeah. and look at stone. Yeah. We're going to look at paint yeah. colors for the exterior of the house. We're going to think about, you know, I tell my clients, pull a ton of pictures and don't worry about the style. Just bring me a stack of pictures that you love how they fill my inbox with pictures you love. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about the style. Mm -hmm. And I always see themes. I'm like, you love cozy. Like, mm. you love to be, you know, it'll be like every picture. It could be 10 different colors, but it'll be super cozy. Or there'll be a theme that always emerges when a couple sends me a lot of pictures. Mm. Um, mm. I like that. I like that a lot. So what was the most expensive aspect of the remodel? <laughs> the most expensive. <laughs> I mean, the most traumatizing, <laughs> I should say, is that when we peeled back the second floor, it was paneled. Y'all, it was just unbelievable what the upstairs looked like. This is a little spooky. And, but, you know, I went through the inspection. There was no mold. There was no, you know, none of the big flags. But when they pulled up the floor, they said the building, the house, when it was structured, that second floor was never meant to be. A second floor. A second floor. <laughs> it was built to be an attic. Mm. And so that meant that we needed to pull up the floor. Which, if you give a mouse a cookie, it, like, yeah. had a whole tumbling effect yeah, of yeah. that means we needed to pull out all the drywall, which we had not planned mm -hmm, to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we were keeping my plaster mm -hmm, walls, so mm -hmm. I lost my plaster walls when that happened. Which stinks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was very sad about yeah. that. I I lost the original crown mold. Mm. Um, but, you know, we raised the ceiling eight inches. We put in... Um, we did the um, insulation, the blown installation, because so it was some so, really good things happened from it. Like now, yeah. if from an investment standpoint, mm -hmm. the house feels amazing mm -hmm. because we did mm -hmm. that. Like mm -hmm. it's structurally awesome. So what at first was traumatic was like, mm -hmm. okay, well this is healed, yeah. and yes. that ended up being a blessing in disguise. That's exactly right. Oh, so I mean, we, I definitely, we wrote, you know, we were like. I met with the contractor and I said, we're going to have to drop some things. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I dropped an outdoor space that we mm -hmm, were going to work mm -hmm. on. And, you know, I knew that we could do that in phase mm -hmm. two. Yeah, yeah, and sure. so we dropped some things, uh, kept in the things that were that were most important to us and that were financially most crucial to be done during phase mm -hmm, one. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was financially the hardest part for sure. What was the most frustrating part? The finish. Okay. They're getting so close to the end. Yet so far away. And yet, you know, they would it must come. have seemed like a mirage. Oh my gosh. They would come for two hours and then I was there one day and I was like, Why are you leaving? Don't leave. And he was like, I have to go to another project. I was like, Could you just come back tomorrow? And he was like, The builder has a schedule. And I'm like, Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, that was definitely my uh, I wanted to live uh, there. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> uh Here's a here's kind of a big question for you. What do you know now that you wish you would have known before you began as a result of doing this process firsthand? I would have had them pull up the floor upstairs and have an engineer or have the builder look at it and really because it felt pretty janky up there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I 
like if there was a red flag like that in the walkthrough, even though I had it inspected and I had two builders look at it, you know, because in Older's home, You can't see what you can't see. Can't see what you can't see. Yeah. But I had bought the house I was mm-hmm. in by the time I was getting bids. Yeah. So before we started, I would have pulled that floor up and and known that we were going to do that from the beginning, probably. So would that fall into, and I hate for this to be kind of vague, but if I were to paraphrase that, I would say in this process, in the exploratory process, assume the worst? Yeah, I think. My gut is just don't be afraid to pull back the drywall. If mm. you've signed on the dotted line, say, yeah, can deal. we just, like, can yeah. I pay you to come over yeah. for a couple of hours? You know, I don't. Then we know. You know, builders are are part of my team, too. And I see them sometimes be taken advantage by mm-hmm. people where they just keep, before they get the bid, they, like, mm-hmm. have 20 mm-hmm. different contacts mm-hmm. with them. You can take that too far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but maybe have an independent person like actually pull up and look or have an inspector come over and don't be afraid to pull the floor up and see what's under there before you get started. Mm. But yeah. So don't be afraid to start the process so that you can get as much realism injected into it as possible. That's right. I think Because then you're not cutting that outdoor space at the end. It was never there. Like That's it's, right. it's so it doesn't hurt. That's right. And and then you're really not heartbroken because you're dreaming about this beautiful space that you're going to create upstairs. And yeah, we'll do the outdoor outdoor space phase two. That'll be great. That's right. So, um, to kind of piggyback on that, how did this experience impact your professional perspective on this process? You know, I I would pride myself in being an empathetic person, but there is just nothing like going through it. I mean, there's just nothing like not actually and, not yeah. having a home and, you know, wanting to get finished and, you know, how important. And so, I, if anything, it just created more empathy in me for my clients. Mm, that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. So, do you think that you'll, aside from empathy... Do you think that some of the structural things that you learned being now I know, and just as a little bit of backstory, <laughs> designers, Mitzi, they are at the job. As a matter of fact, you can usually find the designers at the job site as much, if not more, than the builders. So I know you're acutely aware of the process. Right. Uh do you feel like you learned any tips of the trade or 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 technical things that that you can kind of lean into as as you move forward in your path you know I literally have never done one project that I didn't learn it is it is truly my very favorite thing about my job every project I do I learn something new and um you know, I was recently like in a leadership circle and someone made the comment, I try to do something, learn something new, you know, once a year. And I was like, I'm so (laughs) grateful that I'm in a job where, you know, I'm having those conversations. I'm like, right. Good, bad, or or ugly. Good, bad, or ugly. We're like, huh, that's never happened before. Right. Who knew? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So definitely I learned things on my job, but I really do learn on every job. So bring the more, the the longer I do this, the more experience I have, 
and um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. So you talked about having to make some cuts. What were some of the biggest changes that that happened along the way? You mentioned the upstairs. You meant kind of uh, and mentioned having to get rid of the outdoor area. Did did things evolve like as demo happened? Did the original vision change much? Um, what were some of those things where you kind of had a zig and zag, maybe due to expense or obstacles that you weren't thinking of? How did that How did that initial vision change? Um. Definitely the big vision did not change at all. There was nothing like there was, you know, there was a couple of codes things about the original house had a tiny, tiny closet in the guest bedroom. And so the way that I configured the pantry, I had to like figure out a place for the, and I was pushing the builder on, really, do we have to? Like before it was, you know, so those kind of, those were small little tiny changes but I didn't have any it was more like um it was will I have enough money at the end I think after that big blow at the beginning there was a part of me that was holding back a little bit like remember I was talking to you like Mm -hmm. are we gonna put the hardwood Mm -hmm. floor upstairs like Mm -hmm. I started going I kind of spiraled there Mm -hmm. for a little Mm -hmm. bit right after that like are they gonna find something else Mm -hmm. and then I I had to like come back down, calm down, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, and go. The right thing to do is have Andrew come back out and do the upstairs, and, <laughs> and it does like, look good. <laughs> it does look good. Yes, yes, but money well you spent. You know, also, you know, I did this house during COVID, and I'm a small business owner. I can't and imagine. I, I literally can't imagine. You know, March 15th, I was spiraling going, I might lose my business. We Mm -hmm. may not do any design. The whole building industry might shut down and I might not be working. Yeah. And so, I mean, we had our money saved for this project. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. picked a certain amount Mm -hmm. of money we wanted to spend. But still, there were, you know, um, there was fear around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. So... We've talked about some of the things that were frustrating and obstacles. What was the most, aside from moving in and cooking your first dinner, <laughs> what was the most rewarding aspect of the project? Mm. It just, it it just felt more and more like our home. Mm-hmm. It just felt like the place we were supposed to be for now. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a place I'm so excited to like be able to entertain when um, one day. One day, yes, for sure. Did so I know one of your children is in Denver and they probably haven't seen it yet. No. But for your other two kids, yes. How did how did did they look at it as home now? Yes, for sure. See, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yes. really cool. My son lives in Chattanooga, and he came home and spent the weekend with us and just crashed. And we he he's the one that loves to cook with me. So oh, that's he and awesome. I cooked that weekend. Oh, and did he love it? was it? fun, yes. Oh, that's so fun. Yes. That's so fun. When we talk about the project is kind of complete, uh, the designer did the layout, uh, which is you. Uh, the builder built it. You did the finishes. What was kind of the next step? So what did move-in look like? Obviously, you have furniture placement and and uh, things like that. Did 
what did that look like in the transfer from your old house to your new house? So, um, and, and, and I'm sorry, one final piggyback on that. Okay. What kind of evaluation did you have to do to see what was transferable as well and what you were going to need? That was definitely for me when I do that with my clients, that is in the beginning phases. Mm. Like I'm thinking about furniture like if we were, if you and your wife decided mm-hmm. to hire me mm-hmm. and we were doing a new build, mm-hmm. I would be thinking about furniture placement From a lot of times yeah. during the during when you're meeting with the architect. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping furniture in, mm, okay, because I, <laughs> you're. I, that's actually a frustration for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, I, you know, you're going to live here. Yeah, this yeah. is a room. Yeah. You know, like people will say, it has yeah. To be functional. I, I'm in a book club. I've been in a book club for 20 years. I have 10 people here. You know, I'm the host. And I'm like, okay, that's important information, <laughs> right? <laughs> Where, you know, does the architect know that? Does that architect know you need to seat 10 people in your living room on a monthly basis? You know, right? And so, that is huge. I never really huge. thought about that. Yeah. You know, so those are the questions. Like, Um, Do you need a play space for the kids? Do you entertain a lot? Do you want quiet space? Or, you know, my husband's a writer. Like, him having a space to go and really be quiet when sometimes he'll just, like, okay, I'm going to my office, and I know I might not see him till the next day because he's (laughs) just, like, gone. Yeah. So. Which is the whole purpose of his space. That's right. to be gone. That's right. So when I'm planning the room, I'm thinking about, is there a quiet place for him? Is there enough seating in this living space? And then I'm like, are y'all sure you want this big hall in the front of the house? Are you sure you want? Like, I'm thinking about all those details. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about where you bring your groceries in. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about where are you going to, and regardless of whether you work at home, somebody pays the bills, brings in the mail. Somebody, you know, knows yeah. the invitations yeah. to the birthday parties. Yeah. Like, there's some central things that are just, like, super important that I get to know people early, early, early in the process so that we're thinking about all those things. Well, and it's so funny that you bring that up because it's something from a past episode that's always uh, uh, stayed with me was when I had Lori Perangepe on. <laughs> and uh, she was like, I need to know if they're left-handed or right-handed. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, uh-huh. But that makes so much sense. Like, that's right. She's like, if you have a glass of wine at night, and you guys like to have that while you're watching TV, after you've put the kids down, I need to make sure there's an end table on the left side if you're left-handed or on the right side if you're right-handed. That's right. And I'm like, yeah, that is way, way deeper Mm -hmm. than what – it's not just about being pretty. It's really about the function being pretty. That's right. That's that's really the essence of it. Yeah. So what tips would you have – for hiring an interior designer to do a renovation or remodel, what Mm -hmm. questions should the average person be asking their designer when they're in the interview process to, to understand if they're the right fit? You know, I, I think that you really need to look at their portfolio first and just, if you enjoy looking at their portfolio, that house that I'm doing in Williamson County, like she was, D, you know, she was dropping DMs with me for a while. She's saying, we're looking for land. I'm going to call you when we get ready. You know, and I was very early in her process. And that is, you know, that is, 
a good place to start, that they like work the that you've done. You know, like the broadness of mm-hmm. the work. Mm-hmm. So then there's that. And then, you know, it's chemistry. Mm. Secondly, I, I'm very open. If we have an initial contact and you're like, thank you for being nice to me, but you're not my designer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we can still be friends. Totally. You, this is so personal. Like designing your own home is so very incredibly personal that you need to hire someone that you have chemistry with. If they kind of rub you the wrong way, it gets on your nerves. If they're not paying attention to the details of you, if they're driving an agenda. So what I always tell people is I'm driving an agenda, but my agenda is for your house to be the best version of your family. And the bet, like my very favorite line for my client to say is, that's so me. Uh, and I never would have thought of it. Oh, that's awesome. That's my dream thing for my client to oh, say. Oh, that's awesome. It, it means that I saw something in you that and gave and helped you accomplish something that you didn't even see in yourself. And I got to bring my talent and my gift. And it's win-win. I mean, that's that's how I feel when my accountant helps me figure out the thing that's really hard for me. Yeah. And not my gift. Yeah. And they're so excited about it. And I'm like, cool. (laughs) You know, that's that's me bringing that energy to my client. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. So final final topic, Um, ups, downs. Obviously, you're super happy where you are. So I think I know the answer to this question. But would you do it again? I would do it again. Yes. yes. So despite the challenges, it was, what, six, nine months of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, sign you up again. Yes. Sign me up again. But I'd really like to live in this house for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hang out here enjoy this. And and mm-hmm. I can't wait for people to see pictures yeah. of Mitzi's house. It is <laughs> really, eh, it's just inviting. Like, it's very, yeah. very inviting. You mm-hmm. feel, as a, even as a guest there, you feel at home. Oh, and I really, happy. really love the vibe that it has. It just, yeah. it really is, is really, really wonderful. So job well done. Okay. We're moving to rapid fire. Hold on a second. Yeah. I have to stop you. Are okay. we going to talk about my beautiful floors? Oh, well, her floors are beautiful. Her <laughs> floors are beautiful. And I thought Mitzi was crazy when she came to me <laughs> and told me she wanted black floors, but I honestly cannot imagine a more beautiful a really more beautiful foundation for the right. entire design of the house. Right. Yes. It feels so incredibly vintage, mm-hmm. but again, with that modern twist, because they're a little bit wider plank, they're long board, they have a little bit of texture, mm-hmm. but the color provides a perfect foundation. And uh, it's really funny because she went against the grain of what's popular right now. And it couldn't be a more classic look. It mm-hmm. accomplished really everything you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for somebody that, you know, designs flooring, I was pretty taken aback and, and stand very corrected on, on (laughs) what the, on what the goal was because they look, they really look great. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for, well, thank you. Cause I mean, they really showcase, they really showcase. It's really a lot of fun. And our team had a lot of fun working with Mitzi and, uh, and uh, we were probably a tad bit early, um, but <laughs> lesson uh, learned. But yeah, yeah, that would be a that would be a good lesson yes. if you're if you're getting mm-hmm. flooring from me. Be as close to the end as possible, no matter what anybody tells you. That's right. You want to be as close to the end as possible. Yes. 
Okay. Rapid fire. Uh, what do you do to unwind and relax? Cook and drink wine and listen to great music. Oh, we need to hang out. We need to hang out. That sounds perfect. Uh, favorite charity? Uh, Thistle Farms. Oh, very good one. Very, so very proud of one. those guys and what they're doing in Nashville. Yeah, it's a, a get your bumper sticker. Yes. Uh, what is the last great TV show or movie you watched? You know what? I just am finishing Scandal. Kerry Washington mm. just... It, I know that was out a little bit. I'm a little bit late to mm -hmm, the show, but mm -hmm. it was a really good COVID seven season, yeah. and I enjoyed it. Yes. Oh, cool! I'll have to check that one out. Mm -hmm. I like this one. What is your most used emoji? It's probably the blowing a kiss. Ah, I blow okay. a lot of kisses. I like that. That's perfect. <laughs> and that makes so much sense for you. <laughs> Mitzi's a giver. Mitzi's yes. a giver and a sweetheart. So I like the blowing the kiss. That's a good yeah. one. If you could choose any two fam famous people to have dinner with, who would they be? By far, my number one is Maya Angelou. Oh, that'd be I awesome. I mean, I just, I have so, so much respect for her. Um... And um, probably Henry Nowen. He's, he's really, yep. He's my spiritual. <laughs> he's my spiritual leader. So I love Maya. Really drives a lot of creativity mm -hmm. in the in the being the the most of yourself yeah. and the way she was a dancer mm -hmm. and music and writer. And so she kind of feeds my creativity and Henry now and kind of feeds my spirituality. Oh, that so. is awesome. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a fun dinner. Yes. Right. And would you cook? Of course. Oh. With them. Oh, absolutely. There you go. There you go. That would be yes. awesome. Yes. Okay. Final one. What's the one tip or piece of advice you try to live by or try to get your kids to live by? Hmm. I, part of the reason I love Thistle Farms is I believe love heals. Mm. And mm. when everything is crashing down and around you, I believe love is the strongest yeah. force in the universe. So when I feel really discouraged, it is just bring me a higher love, Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> I love love. That's, that, yes. <laughs> that's, that's great. That is great. Yeah. Mitzi, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing a great perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, I am Andrew Denny, and thanks for listening to Couture and Construction. Thank you for listening to yet another inspiring episode of KOTOR and Construction. Please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you like us, please remember to share with your friends, family, and industry professionals.